welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about funerals and viewings, and there's going to be two different parts to that. We'll be talking about if you may be having a loved one that you're going to have a viewing for, we're going to talk a little bit about that, and if it's been a long time or if you've never been to a funeral and there's a viewing that you're going to participate in as a friend or even a relative, we're going to talk a little bit about that, so we're going to break them up into those two different topics. So let's first talk a little bit about it. let's say you are you are in in charge of having a person be prepared for a viewing and you're the one deciding on the viewing day and time and clothing and stuff so let's talk about that first first one of the first questions is is did your loved one want to have a viewing you know i remember when my mom uh for years you know everybody had viewings and so it was just a standard thing but then as she was progressing through some of her uh, disease and that type of a thing, she said, you know, Brian, I really don't want a viewing. I just don't. I don't want a public viewing. Now, dad can come look at me, but I don't want to have a public viewing. So decision would be, you know, does your loved one want a viewing? And you can discuss that as a family and make the decision. And I really want to emphasize there's no right or wrong answer. So don't feel guilty that you might make the wrong choice or decision. The next one's going to be, if you are going to have a viewing, let's talk about the timing. You know, do you want to have it during the day? Do you want to have it during a weekday? Do you want to have it on a weekend? If you're going to be having a formal service, a traditional service, do you just want to have it prior to the service and then close the casket during the service? or prior to the service and leaving it open. I've seen it done both ways. Again, there's no right or wrong answer. But just keep in mind, sometimes some people that are coming to the service may not really want to participate in a viewing. So leaving it open during the service is, can, can be challenging for those people that don't want to come in and have a viewing and want to remember that person how they were. So they may not want to come in to the service. So as a solution to that, you can always close the casket during the service. And then for those people that arrive late and that type of thing that wanted to see that person at the end of the service, have it open for a, what we call a final viewing. People can come up and pay their respects. Those that don't want to can leave and then just go out the back type of a thing. And that works so that people, if people are late or if they just didn't get a chance. And, and you know what Murphy happens especially if you have children and somebody throws up and they don't get to the service on time and you don't want to exclude that niece or that nephew or that grandchild that wanted to say goodbye. So that's an option. Another thing, picking clothing for that person, what to wear. My advice has always been, you know, if the person didn't wear a suit during life, 
why would they want to be put in a suit when they're dead? So think about what the person is like. It maybe maybe they've suggested what they want. My grandmother already had her dress picked out, everything else. It was easy. So I just took the dress that she wanted and we put her in it. Now, if you're if the if the person hasn't decided what they wanted to wear in advance and 98.9% of the people don't, then just think about what that person would like. You know, maybe Maybe they were a sweatshirt and jean person most of their life. Well, then go get a favorite sweatshirt, get some jeans, and that will look just that he'll look, he or she will look much more natural in what they normally were seen wearing. You know, especially if somebody is a, was maybe a mechanic all of their life and they never wore a suit, they would look odd dressed in a suit in a casket. Now, maybe that was their wish because. They wanted to look pretty snappy, you know, at the end. Well, then that's okay. But that's kind of some guidelines as to what to wear. Now, something that people agonize over, and again, if, if the person hasn't specified in advance, um, jewelry, what do, you, what do you want to put on the person? And, you know, I, that's, a, that's a good thing to think about because sometimes the jewelry, you know, maybe the thing that meant most to the person should go in the casket with them. And, you know, in the case of my mom, again, we went right back to the very first ring that she had when she got married. Um, the other rings that she got throughout her life didn't mean as much to her or my dad as that itty bitty ring that she had when she first got married. And so that went in with her. You know, I, there's other things that maybe the person had uh, was in the military and they have a military ring and maybe nobody else in the family would ever wear it again. So maybe it would be appropriate to put that in with a person. But also keep in mind, some things, you know, would be nice to keep within the family and that's important too. And I'm doing this recording and I just happened to be wearing my grandfather's ring, my grandpa's. And I happen to be wearing it today and I'm doing this. I, this was not a prop, <laughs> I promise. But had this gone in with him, I wouldn't be wearing it today. So as a family, discuss jewelry and things to go with the person and things to pass on to family members that would appreciate it and, and, and wear it, not just leave it on a shelf somewhere. So that's some things to think about. We recently had a person <laughs> and that person wanted to make sure that they put in a thick pad that he could lay on for all eternity. And so there's some things to think about too, you know, pillows, blankets, those types of things. Um, this particular person, they, <laughs> we made sure we had a nice camp pad underneath that he could just rest right upon and he really wanted it to be nice and soft. Well, he has a very nice and soft camp pad in with him. Um, maybe there's a pillow that somebody has made with a pillowcase. And, and that person loved that pillowcase and slept on it for 50 years. That would be completely appropriate to go in. You know, take out the pillow that comes with the casket, put the pillow in. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this too. Sometimes... 
you know, you don't have to be going into a casket and going into the ground. You might be having a viewing and then having a cremation later. And so we take the people and we place them on a nice table. We put a sheet down underneath them. We put a nice quilt over the top of them and we have a pillow under them and they, and they see them not in a casket, but lying in what looks like a hospital bed. So if there's a quilt or a blanket, you know, maybe a tribal blanket uh, would go in the casket or be placed on the person during the viewing. Uh, so that might be very appropriate. Maybe the person was in the military and they're wearing a military uh, wearing a military uniform or even a normal clothing and you place the flag on top of the person or on top of the casket. And that is extremely appropriate. So those are some things to do. Last but not least, uh, and this is something to think about prior to the viewing, especially for women, uh, makeup, that kind of thing. Um, get with your funeral home or who's doing the makeup and, or, and sometimes family comes in and does the makeup and the hair and everything as a final act of love for their loved one. That's completely appropriate. And we do that all the time and help families to do that all the time because that's what a great way to demonstrate your love for your grandmother or your mother type of a thing or your sister uh, for, for makeup and hair and that type of thing. Uh, but make know that in advance uh, if they're if you're not going to be doing that for them, provide a recent photo with that person with their makeup so that the embalmer or the or the person that does the preparation can do the makeup in advance and try to make them look as close to what they look like uh, when they would do their own makeup type of a thing. So those are all things if you're planning a viewing for a loved one that you can kind of keep in mind. Now let's think about, if you're going to attend uh, a viewing, or if you're going to attend a funeral service where they have an open casket in advance and then they close it or offer that afterwards. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things that people ask me all the time, is it okay to touch? Absolutely. Now, the person is not gonna feel the same as if they were alive. Um, if they have been embalmed, they're going to be cool to the touch because they're going to be at room temperature. If they have not been embalmed and they've been in a refrigerator for some time and they came out for the viewing and have to go back, they're going to be cold to the touch. And depending on how long they've been out of the refrigerator, they may be cold and clammy to the touch. Just understand that's normal. It's okay. And it's okay to touch like on their chest. It's okay to touch their leg. It's okay to touch their hand. It's okay to touch their face. Um, as far as kissing and those kinds of things, it's okay. Um, I don't usually recommend, unless they've been embalmed, to kiss on the lips. Uh, but those are things that people think about and, and want to know. Um, something to also keep in mind, uh, if you're the loved one preparing or asking for you know that you can get thumbprints, you can get hair, lockets of hair. Uh, they can do that prior to the viewing or directly afterwards before the burial or going to the cremation. That is about the last time you'd get an opportunity to get a thumbprint or get a lock of hair for a, a keepsake. They will look a little bit different. Um, I have the, I get probably 
probably 80% of the people that come through, they tell me, oh my goodness, they look better than they did when they were alive, especially if they've been embalmed and have gone through the full body prep. Um, sometimes they say, oh my goodness, they look like they're just sleeping and they can just wake right up. And those are the best uh, outcomes that you can have. Sometimes they, they've had a rough time. You know, if they had a prolonged illness and they've lost a lot of weight and they're gaunt uh, or they're jaundiced because of medication or because of liver failure prior to death, uh, they will still look like the person, but they're not going to look like or exactly like the person. And that's just because when you pass away, your blood isn't circulating anymore and you're going to be much more whiter much more whiter, <laughs> you're going to be whiter because the blood isn't circulating and it will settle to the lowest part of the body because it's not being pumped through the, 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 the body anymore. So they may look fairly pale and they may, um, again, have had a, a, a wasting away of cancer or something and they could have sunken features, and especially if you haven't seen them in a while. So those are some things to ask about ahead of time before or and if you really know the person you're going to know you know if if you know that they've been they've been dying for five months um maybe the best thing is to remember them how they were and that is the case you can also request you know if, if a person uh has been in a bad accident or if the person has had a wasting disease there's nothing wrong with having a blanket over the face and having the hand. And, you know, if I was, if I had my left hand out laying on top of a blanket, everybody would know it, especially my ring. You know, so if that's what a person needs for a final viewing and a final goodbye is to hold the hand for a little bit, that is absolutely appropriate too. And then that way you don't have to see the rest. You just, but you can still see the hand and know that that's the hand of the person that you've known for all those years. Um, I always recommend um, family, if I always recommend that um, if they want to write a letter to a loved one to say goodbye, maybe you didn't get a chance to say goodbye. You can write the letter and that helps. That's the beginning of the healing process. You can tell that person everything that you want Place it in an envelope, seal the envelope. No one's going to open that up. And you can either place that in the casket with them, or if they're just having a viewing, you can place it under the under the blanket and or if they hold it, that type of thing. It can go with the person to be buried or with the person to be cremated. Um, for those, especially young children that can't write, uh, absolutely have them draw pictures. You know, uh, some of the most precious pictures I see are of the young grandchildren, pictures of little grandchildren holding the hand of grandpa or grandma. Uh, they can't really write much, but they can sure draw those stick figures of each other. And you know who the kids are and you know who the grandparents are. And so that's so appropriate, perfect, uh, perfect to do. So we've uh, talked a little bit about planning a, a viewing or participating in a viewing. Uh, there's a, I could probably go on for another half an hour, but I think we're probably done. So forward this to anybody that you think could use this. Be sure to uh, follow us 
And thank you so much. And I hope you have a, a good remainder of this beautiful day.